Back Blue Shirts fans to episode number 141 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off of your first order. And today, I want to kind of kick off this episode by talking about a little project that Anson Carter put together. And if you remember, Anson Carter, you know, had a, had a strong NHL tenure, uh, played in the league for many years. Carter skated in 674 games in his NHL career. He played for the Bruins, the Oilers, the Rangers, the Capitals, the Kings, the Canucks, the Blue Jackets, and the Hurricanes in that time and was actually with the Rangers for two seasons in 2003 and 2004. And what he did was he put together a video, just kind of a montage of different players and members of the hockey community, all just making the same statement. And that statement was, you don't have to look like George Floyd to understand that what happened to him was wrong. And it's just very powerful, you know, seeing all these players, all these different uh, personalities of of different backgrounds uh, come together and just deliver this message. And you know, it, it, it kind of goes without saying, but it's one of those things you still have to, to hammer the point home, as Anson Carter did here, that you just have to recognize evil in the world. You have to recognize something horrible when you see it. And, um, you know, it was, it was impressive to see uh, this many players and people willing to participate in this project. Uh, Sidney Crosby was in there. I definitely saw Patrick Kane, Henrik Lundqvist, Anson Carter himself, Wayne Simmons, Leon Dreisaitl. Even uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman made an appearance in the video. So it, it's something that's very simple, but something that's very impactful when you watch it. So I, I would highly recommend you check it out if you get a chance. I will actually leave a link to the video in the episode description here, and you can check it out uh, whenever you have a minute. But uh, really uh, a nice thing that Anson Carter did. And Anson Carter, uh, one of the best hockey analysts that I've seen for my money. Uh, you know, he does a lot of work with the MSG Network, so us Ranger fans are really spoiled uh, constantly having him around. And then he also does some work for NBC Sports and, and just one of the absolute best. I mean, anytime I listen to Anson Carter talk about hockey, I feel like I understand the, the game of hockey uh, more than I did before he started talking. So just, just a fan fantastic job here putting this project together and uh somebody who I've I've long respected as just a, a fantastic hockey analyst so uh looking forward to seeing more from Mr. Carter uh, hopefully when this pandemic passes and the season unpauses I'm, I'm sure you know if there's if there is a postseason then he will probably be there front and center and uh you know breaking down all the action and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that I also wanted to talk a little bit about Keandre Miller here, and if you guys need a refresher, Keandre Miller picked in the first round by the New York Rangers in 2018, and not too long ago, just a couple of months ago, in fact, uh, Miller was part of a Zoom call where Ranger fans could join a live chat with Miller and just ask him questions. You know, how did you get into hockey? Who was your favorite team growing up? Which defenseman do you patter your gain after? Fun things like that, right? And there were about 150 fans uh, in the chat and then, unfortunately, some sick, twisted individual with, with no life and no moral compass decided to basically just hijack the chat and just repeatedly direct a racial slur at Miller, just over and over and over again. A very uncomfortable moment, obviously, for everyone, but no one more so than, obviously, K. Andre Miller himself. And 
First of all, I think Miller should be credited for how he has handled this situation over the past few months. I will never be able to relate to an incident such as this, but Miller basically just tried to, you know, continue with the the call, the Zoom call, and, and just answer questions from fans who actually wanted to be there and actually had some interesting questions to ask him. Uh, Miller, again, tried to ignore the hijacker, the, the racist lowlife who got into the chat and just continue interacting with the other fans. But, you know, ever since this incident has happened, Miller hasn't really uh, said anything publicly up until now, and he cites the reason as being the coronavirus pandemic. You know, he wanted to, uh, he just felt that the pandemic was kind of taking over the world at that point, so he's remained quiet. And again, I, I think Miller should also be credited for not going after the Rangers organization for allowing this to happen. And we can debate how culpable the Rangers are in this. I mean, it's hard because, you know, you have this live chat and maybe the Rangers just gave the fans the benefit of the doubt. They didn't think that something like this would happen. They didn't see this coming, but it did happen. And uh, they were a little bit slow on the draw as far as, you know, shutting down the live chat and getting this to stop. But nevertheless, what, however you feel about how the Rangers handled it, uh, this was an absolutely terrible thing that happened to Keandre Miller. And again, it's something that I cannot even possibly begin to relate to. I'm going to read just a couple of quotes uh, from Keandre Miller over the last few days. He addresses the Zoom call. He also, you know, just talks about, in general, you know, being a black hockey player growing up in a sport that is predominantly white. Here's something that he had to say via his Twitter. I struggle because I've never been fully accepted by either the black community or the white community. I struggle because for years I have been one of the only people of color on my hockey teams. I have been targeted because of my race when I was in youth hockey by some coaches, parents, and players, but I refuse to give up because of my love for the game. And he went on to write on Twitter, I've struggled for months to find the words to express my frustration and anger over the Zoom conference call incident when I was to be introduced after signing my NHL contract. It's something that I won't ever forget. And I already mentioned this briefly, but part of the reason why he waited to discuss what happened to him was uh, the coronavirus pandemic. And of the pandemic, Miller said, it seemed like there were so many other priorities in the world that it wasn't my place to speak out. And then one other quote from Miller that I wanted to read, and I really enjoyed this one. You can only imagine how it felt to have an organization like the New York Rangers draft me the hockey player. For that one moment in time, I didn't have to be defined by the color of my skin, but rather on my hockey skills, athletic ability, and character. This is how it should be all the time. It's time for action, time for change, and once and for all, it's time to let black people be judged based on who we are, not what we look like. Amen. You know, I, I really don't think I could have said it any better. Uh, racism is garbage. It has always been garbage. It always will be garbage. And sometimes it feels like I'm just kind of stating the obvious here, but, you know, these Issues still do exist in society, in American society, and really all around the world. So, you know, we have to do our best to continue to fight for racial equality, both in hockey and in society as a whole. And let me just say, you know, all the best to K. Andre Miller. Obviously, he's been through some trials and tribulations, you know, coming up playing a sport uh, that is predominantly played by, you know, white athletes. But he's been a fantastic hockey player. Uh, he put up great numbers at the University of Wisconsin. He, he seems like, uh, you know, a great individual and somebody who I thought handled this 
incident, this horrible incident with a lot of dignity, a lot of class, a lot of, uh, you know, really profound thoughts here. And so, you know, I, I hope that, you know, it all works out for Keandre Miller. Like I said, the Rangers are very high on Miller. They took him in the first round. He went number 22 overall. They actually traded up to get him in that 2018 NHL draft. They didn't think he was going to be available when he was available. So they made their move. They went up. They got their man. So clearly the Rangers really, really like Keandre Miller. And it is possible that we see him with the Rangers as soon as next season because we've seen with this Ranger organization that you can kind of, if you're a player, whether you're a top prospect or maybe not even a top prospect, maybe a guy who's kind of like a mid-level prospect, you can force the issue if you play well enough, you know, in the minors with the Wolfpack, because we've seen that this year with Igor Shesterkin. Now, Shesterkin was going to get to the NHL sooner or later. They were eventually going to give him a look, but I don't think the Rangers were really counting on playing Shesterkin this season. He really just forced the issues with his video game-like numbers in the AHL. And then Ryan Lindgren, another great example. You know, there were some defensemen that seemed to be ahead of him on the pecking order, but he played great in the minors. And then uh, there was an injury to Liber Hayek that created an opening on the Rangers spot. And Ryan Lindgren came up and just never let go of it. And he's one of the best defensemen on the Rangers now, and he's not going anywhere. Uh, he's going to play a big role in this playoff series coming up. But the point is, mentioning all this, uh, if you play well enough, you know, and if Keandre Miller, even if in training camp next season, you know, if he plays well enough in the training camp, it's possible he could crack the Rangers opening night roster. Now, that might be a little bit of a stretch. He is still just 20 years old, and there are some defensemen in front of him on the NHL roster that are playing very well right now. I think pretty much all of them are going to be back next season, so it might be tough, but it's possible. And I would bet that at some point next season, we do see Keandre Miller uh, skating in some games with the Rangers. So definitely looking forward to, to that. And for those of you that don't know about Keandre the player, He's a great two-way defenseman, and, you know, that was on display from what he did at the University of Wisconsin over the past two years. He had 40 points in 62 games, uh, 12 goals, and 28 assists, and I realize points aren't everything, especially as a defenseman. You know, it's got to be defense first, and you got to take care of business in your own end before you start worrying about putting the puck in the net at the other end, but if you're a defenseman and you're producing points this kind of a clip, then you're bound to turn some heads, and by all accounts, Keandre Miller, a very strong defensive defenseman as well, so, you know, another two-way defenseman coming up with the Rangers. They've got a couple of them on the team right now. You can look at uh, Jacob Truba, certainly Adam Fox, and even Tony D'Angelo. So yeah, you know, the Rangers seem to be stockpiling these two-way defensemen, and I'm all for it because great two-way defensemen don't just grow on trees, and the Rangers seem to have quite a few of them right now. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing what Keandre Miller can do when he gets to the NHL. But you know, once again, all the best to Keandre Miller. It was a terrible thing that he had to go through, but it was really good and really important to hear Keandre's thoughts on the matter, and I'm just looking forward to seeing him make his New York Ranger debut. So once again, all the best to Keandre Miller. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off of your first box at BuiltBar.com. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com.
The NHL is entering phase two of its return to play plan, and starting today, which is Monday, June 8th, uh, teams can open facilities for voluntary limited workouts. And from what I'm hearing, the Rangers are probably going to be waiting until tomorrow, Tuesday, to make that happen. But it, basically what it sounds like is players can participate in individualized training activities both on and off the ice. It is all very voluntary, so no one on the Rangers or any other hockey team is being forced to report, being forced to you know be in a rink if they don't yet feel comfortable with it, or if they're just not nearby. You know, A lot of guys went back to their home countries. Uh, others went back to their home cities, their hometowns, whatever it might be. So not every player on the New York Rangers is right there in New York City. City at this moment. So if you're an NHL player and you're nowhere near your team's home city, then you would not by any means be required to or expected to report. It's all on the players as to whether or not they would like to participate. And any players who do report will be placed into small groups and there will only be a maximum of six players participating at any one time, plus a limited number of club staff the idea here is to give the players a safe environment to resume their conditioning, but this is not an official training camp. That is still to come. That will be part of Phase 3. And in case anyone needs an update on any of these phases here, uh, Phase 1 started on March 12th when the league entered its pause for the season, and it basically meant that players should self-isolate as much as possible. Now that we are here, Monday, June 8th, we are now into Phase 2. That began today. Early June was indeed the target date for Phase 2, and, and here we are. Phase 3 is slated to begin no earlier than July 10th, so we still got a ways to go. It's still about a month away, and that is when formal training camps will begin after guidance from medical and civil authorities. And then finally, Phase 4, uh, the timing is still to be determined, but this is when the 24 playoff teams will report to the two hub cities and compete in the qualifying rounds and the seeding round robins of the postseason. And the eight lowest seeded teams in each conference, including the Rangers and Canes, will play in the qualifying round. It will be a best of five. The four highest seeded teams in each conference will compete against each other in the round robin to determine the seeding. And hopefully at that point, everyone is healthy. Everyone remains healthy throughout the entire postseason tournament. Maybe coronavirus is basically gone or at least close at that point. I don't know how realistic that is. You know, I'm not an expert in the medical field. But, you know, who knows? Maybe there's even a cure at that point. You can never rule it out. I'm not sure how likely that is. But certainly it can't be ruled out as a possibility. So yeah, fingers crossed that we can all get through all these phases and everyone stays healthy during the tournament. Not just the players and the coaches and everybody. Hopefully everybody listening to this and just everybody in our country and in this world stays as healthy as possible. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, the coronavirus in due time will just become a thing of the past. Obviously, uh, nothing can ever... Uh, make up for all the lives that have been lost, all the hardships that everyone has endured throughout this entire pandemic. But we've talked about this before, cheesy cliche or not, it's always darkest right before the dawn. And, and hopefully, you know, we're we're on our way to, uh, you know, eliminating this virus and, and just getting things back to normal or at least as back to normal as they possibly can be. And, you know, it's OK. It's OK to miss hockey. I, I, I want to emphasize that as well, because, you know, every now and then, you know, you guys know how social media can be. Uh, somebody tweets that they really miss hockey or oh man we'd be in the playoffs right now or whatever it might be and then somebody will respond to them and say you really think that that's what's important right now with everything else happening going on in the world listen you're allowed to miss hockey I'm allowed to miss hockey anyone who misses hockey is allowed to miss hockey 
I think it's just also important to keep things in perspective and understand that there are more important things going on in the world right now. But that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to miss hockey or any other sport or going to concerts or going to your favorite restaurant or anything like that. You're allowed to miss things. It's okay. Just understand that, you know, there are more important things going on than hockey. But hey, this is a hockey podcast. This is a Ranger podcast. And I think we're all looking forward to seeing our beloved blue shirts uh, back in the playoffs for the first time in three seasons. I think it's okay to look forward to that. And speaking of the playoffs as a whole, the NHL also came to a decision regarding the first and second rounds of the postseason tournament. So we have the qualifying round. We all know about that. That's when, uh, you know, the bottom 16 teams will be playing each other uh, for the right to enter the round of 16. It will be a best of five. The Rangers obviously are playing the Hurricanes. We all know that. The other thing that we knew right away when this return to play proposal was agreed upon and set forth We will be getting best of sevens in the Stanley Cup Finals and the Conference Finals. What we didn't know right away, however, is if the first and second rounds were going to be best of five or best of seven. And when I say the first or second round, I know it can get confusing because we have the qualifying round. So it's the qualifying round, then the first round, then the second round, then the Conference Finals, then the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm just going to refer to the first round as the round of 16 and the second round as the round of eight, just to avoid confusion here. Because, you know, again, this is not a a playoff tree that we're used to dealing with. You know, it's usually a lot more straightforward with just 16 teams, best of seven every single round. So I know it can get a little bit confusing. So I'm just going to refer to, you got the qualifying round, the round of 16, the round of eight, the Conference Finals, and the Stanley Cup Finals. Hopefully that makes a little bit more sense here. Hopefully that will help everyone avoid confusion. But yes, the round of 16 and the round of eight, both now going to be best of seven. So from the round of 16 all the way to the finals, it's going to be business as usual for the Stanley Cup playoffs, at least in terms of how the series will unfold and the fact that they will be best of sevens rather than best of fives. And I think that's the way to go. Uh, The playoff tournament has been fantastic. I see no reason to fix something that isn't broken. And so I think it's awesome that every round after the qualifying round will be a best of seven. The other interesting tidbit here is that Well, first of all, there's not really going to be home ice advantage per se because everybody's going to be playing in these hub cities and there aren't going to be any fans there. But you will still have teams designated as the home team and the away team for every game that is played. And for the Rangers in the first round against the Hurricanes, the Rangers will be designated as the home team for games three and four. The Hurricanes will be the home team for games one, two, and five. Um, and again, there's not really a true blue home ice advantage here, but if you are designated as the home team, then you do get last change. So in games three and four, the Rangers can see who the Hurricanes send out onto the ice and then adjust accordingly. They have last change. So there is still uh, a slight advantage to being the home team, and the Rangers will be home in games three and four against the Canes. Regarding the round robins that will determine the seedings among the best teams in the East Conference and the Western Conference, we'll stick with the East because, again, that's the conference that the Rangers play in. But you've got the Lightning, the Capitals, the Flyers, and the Bruins. They will all play each other in a series of games, a round robin, and whoever does the best uh, gets the top seed, second best, second seed, so on and so forth. Uh, the question that I had, and a lot of you probably had the same question, is how will they handle tiebreakers? Because you could have a scenario where, say, like the Flyers go 0-3 and, and everybody else goes 2-1. and Okay, what do you do then? Uh, but they have actually come up with a system here to break the ties if they're, if teams finish with the same record in these round robins, which is a fairly big possibility because, you know, all these teams are only playing three games. So it, it's very likely that either in the East Conference or the West Conference, uh, there will be a scenario where 
at least two or more teams finish with the same record. And so what they're going to do is the tiebreaker will come down to regular season points. And I talked about before how, you know, even though, you know, a lot of us Ranger fans were not necessarily Bruins fans, but they far and away had the best record of any team in the Eastern Conference. And so I thought they were getting cheated a little bit having to play for their top seed in this round robin. However, they will have the benefit of the tiebreaker because the tiebreaker is going to be regular season points points. Let's use the example that I just used. Let's say the Flyers go 0-3 in the Eastern Conference round robin. The other three teams, the Capitals, the Lightning, and the Bruins all go 2-1. The Bruins would be the top seed because they have the tiebreaker by having the most regular season points. So I think that kind of solves the issue because, you know, the Bruins do enter this round robin with a little bit of an advantage. If they have the same record as anyone else, they've got the tiebreaker. And that will apply not just for the Bruins, but any team in the Eastern Conference. If you have the same record as one of your fellow uh, round robin opponents, then you have the tiebreaker if you have the most regular season points. And as for the qualifying round, uh, you know, whichever teams come out of that round, like say the Rangers advance past the Hurricanes, there will be reseeding in the round of 16. So that means the Rangers, as the 11 seed, in all likelihood would be playing the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. The only way that the Rangers would advance and not play the number one seed is if the 12th seeded Canadians somehow defeat the fifth seeded Penguins. I don't think that's going to happen. It's not impossible. We obviously see upsets in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but in all likelihood, it seems like if the Rangers advance, they'll probably be the lowest seed remaining, and that would mean that they would have to play the number one seed, uh, whoever that might be. Whoever comes out of the round robin in the Eastern Conference as the number one seed, that would be the Rangers opponent. So yeah, now that no one is confused, let's go ahead and move on. No, you know, I, I hope I explained this somewhat decently. It's a lot to digest. I know that. And don't even get me started on the NHL draft scenarios because we would probably be here uh, for about a week straight of me trying to explain everything that can possibly happen in the NHL draft. Uh, but, you know, I just want to give everybody as clear of a picture as possible uh, of what the Stanley Cup playoffs look like, uh, how each round will work, and what's in store for the Rangers if they get past the Hurricanes. So hopefully it makes at least a little bit of sense. But, you know, we got some time before the Stanley Cup playoffs even start. We'll all go through it together. Uh, when they kick off, and just, yeah, man, looking forward to seeing some Stanley Cup playoff hockey. It really is an exciting time. Looking forward to seeing the Rangers take on the Hurricanes. We have a bit of breaking news for you guys here today as well. I'm just seeing this right now as I'm sitting here recording this podcast, the formation of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and we will talk more about this in our next episode for sure, but I want to at least mention it here today. Basically, it sounds like it's mission statement is to eradicate racism in hockey. I think this is absolutely fantastic. A great job by these players. It was formed by Akeem Alou, Evander Kane, Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Wayne Simmons, Chris Stewart, and Joel Ward. And they all took to social media to announce the establishment of this new organization. And I think it's a fantastic job by these players being proactive. Like I said in the intro to this show, racism is absolute garbage. It has no place in hockey or anywhere else. And a great job by these players to take a stand here and, uh, you know, try to create the change that they'd like to see in the world. Uh, fantastic job. It sounds like the Hockey Diversity Alliance will be led by Akeem Alou and Evander Kane. And the executive board will include the players that we mentioned earlier as well, uh, Trevor Daly, Matt Dumba, Wayne Simmons, Chris Stewart, Joel Ward. This organization will operate independently from the NHL to enact change. Membership is open to everyone who shares the same goals. Although the HDA is independent of the NHL, the goal is to work productively with the league. Kudos to these players. Uh, great job uh, forming this this organization that, again, looks to end racism in hockey. Uh, just 
fantastic A-plus stuff. And again, this is something we will talk about more in our next episode. I hate to just kind of squeeze it in at the end here, but like I said, the news just broke. And that's about all we have time for today. I, again, we will kick off the next episode talking more about this group, the Hockey Diversity Alliance, which just came into existence right here, right now, today. So uh, again, fantastic job by these players. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.